Hey, it's Pastor Tim. Thank you for listening. I pray this message inspires you to live a life engaged in Jesus Christ. Welcome home. Amen, church. I have a question for you. Can you feel it? I mean, take a moment with me, if you will. Uh, push out all of the hustle and bustle, the clutter, the um, commotion. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. No, don't let the frustrations of this week cloud in. Don't let the Pastor Bear get on with this because we got lunch to get to. Just feel it. Do you feel his presence? He is in this place. Amen? And I want you to know something else. You can open your eyes now. He isn't just in this place. He's in this place. In this place. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, it's true. God's presence is in us, and we are his holy children. Amen? Amen. Amen. Welcome to Kanyoi. I want to thank you all for being here. It was agony. Don't tell my whole of people that, but it was agony. Being away from my church family for even a week. From Kanyoi, I, I missed you guys. I missed you guys terribly. It's so good to see you today. Um, I want to thank you for coming. We are in the midst of a series. It is called Before the Dawn. You see, I started finding out that as I was talking to people at the beginning of the year, more and more and more and more of them were just going through it. The trials and the tribulations, the after the other, after the other, just coming down on them and coming down on them and coming down on them. It was too much. And so I said, Lord, what, what, what do I do about this? Do I talk, do I do a sermon on darkness? On how do you live in the darkness? It seems so depressing. I'd rather just tell people to be happy. But that doesn't work, does it? Because I've been there, right? You know, you, you know the text. Surely the Lord is with me. Be strong and courageous. Be brave. And you tell it to yourself, but it's one thing to tell yourself that when you're in the middle of church. You're like, all right, I can do this. It's another thing on a Wednesday when the water heater has just exploded and the uh, cat is run away and the dinner is burnt and the kids are still out of the house and on and on and on and you say I know what I'm supposed to do but I just can't get there have you been there yeah. have you maybe been there this week have you maybe been there today well if you have got good news for you. God doesn't need cheerful Christians. He needs honest Christians. We have a God who we have found out through this series allows us to be rude with him. I can talk to God ways in ways I can never get away with talking to my wife. I mean, if, if, if my wife were God, I wouldn't be here right now. She already knows why I roll my eyes when like, she's not even in the room. Could you imagine if she were God? 
But God allows us to be frustrated with Him. He listens. He's compassionate. He doesn't try and fix it right away. He allows us to work through the pain and the struggle. We found out we have a God who when we are in our darkness, He will allow us to struggle as long as it builds us to be able to receive the blessings He has for us. We found out that the struggle sometimes is strengthening us to receive a greater blessing. And one of the reasons that many of us have not received the greater blessing and have not stepped into the next step in our Christian journey is because we keep pushing off the struggle. We found that we do not struggle alone. Last time we talked about Christ bearing his soul on a rock in the Garden of Gethsemane, blood and tears falling from his face, pleading with God, if you are willing, take this thing from me. And God said, I'm not willing. Because I've got humanity to save. And only you can do it. And so he gets up and he sees the people he's there to save sleeping on him. And instead of chastising them, condemning them, cursing them, Yes, precious. Instead of doing that, he comforts them and encourages them and tells them to prepare themselves because the journey's about to get hard. Oh, we have a good God, don't we? And then last week, Jeremiah gave a great sermon. And yes, even though I forced him to do a prop illustration, it turned out pretty good, didn't it? We were all very impressed. Today, today's title uh, sermon is Before the Dawn, Sleeping Through the Dawn. Sleeping Through the Dawn. You see, while we all go through dark periods in our lives, some of us have uh, let the dawn come and chase away the darkness, but we slept right through it because we were still focused on the darkness we were in. Today I want to talk about one of the great heroes of the Bible. If you were to, to rank your, your, your top physical heroes in the Bible, I dare say he would be number one on the list. The Captain America of all the Bible heroes, you know? Samson had the strength, yeah, he did. And Peter you know, had the mouth. But, but, but David, David was a poet and a warrior, a king, but a man of the people. David, what was David's most famous act, the famous claim to fame? He killed the giant. And not when he was like a big strapping warrior man. He killed the giant when? When he was a boy. And we love to tell the story of how David killed the giant, how amazing it was. We also know the other part of the story, the part where David fell. When did that happen? My Bible scholar over here, Eliel, I've missed you, my friend, says Bathsheba, of course. The scene with Bathsheba is famous to most Christians, um, you know, but, but in case you haven't heard it, I'll 
explain it to you. David is uh, out on his court, his, his balcony, and he's looking out he, over the, the kingdom, and he sees a house below him. Okay? And often in the distance, it's a young woman. She's bathing on the roof, which they did because the roofs were above everybody. Most people couldn't see it. But the king's castle was above everything else. And so he looks and he sees it, and he says, oh, I shouldn't look. But I'm king. <laughs> and he allowed himself to linger a bit more. And he called on the servants over there and said, yeah, asking for a friend. Uh, but who's, 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 who's house is that over there? He said, oh, that's Uriah the Hittite. He's like, and the lady in his house, his sister? No, it's his wife. Bathsheba. He's like, oh, wife, yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yo, she's by herself. I'm sure she's missing him. He's at battle. Why don't you have her come? I will make her dinner, make her feel welcome. And he welcomes her in, and they sleep together. And this, people say, is the, the beginning of the fall of David's kingdom. But it didn't happen then. It didn't happen then. You turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel. And we are in the, I believe, the 21st verse. And we're going to be reading 15 through 17. You see, the, um, the end of the word, uh, the end of Samuel is a recap of a lot of the little things happening in Samuel. So though this happens at the end of Samuel, it actually took place earlier in the story. Okay, This takes place, this story takes place right before the story I just told you about with Bathsheba, okay? So it's 2 Samuel 15. It says, there was war, what? Again. What? Again. Everybody say it? Again. again. There was war again between the Philistines. Philistines. Who are the Philistines? Have we ever heard of them before? Goliath. Who did Goliath is? This is at the... You know, later part, David's now king. He's been ruling for a while. And there is war again between who? The Philistines again. And Israel. And David went down together with his servants. And they fought against the Philistines. And David grew. And he says, exhausted. David's fighting and fighting and fighting against the same enemy over and over and over again. He's getting tired and tired. And then this, this fellow with this cool name, Ishbi Benab. Honestly, I, I listen, Hawaii has some of the great all-time unique names, but I ain't never met another Ishbi Benab in my life. Put that in the baby register list. You got a baby coming soon? Try Ishbi Benab. Okay? One of the descendants of the giants... Okay, some scholars uh, think that this may have been uh, Goliath's brother, okay? Ishbi Benabam, the descendants of giants whose spear weighed 300 shekels. You should go, ooh. Okay, it's okay. 300 shekels is about seven, eight pounds, okay? Okay, but, 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 but it, it's, it's a weapon giants used. And who was armed with a new sword. And he thought he was going to kill David. In fact, the uh, NIV says he was about, he said, I'm going to kill David. He sees David and says, oh, I got him now. And David is what? Weary from the battle. And so the enemy starts attacking him. Okay? It doesn't look good for David, but next. 
Abishai, son of Zurai, came to his aid and attacked the Philistine and killed him. Okay? Came to his rescue. But then David's men swore to him and said, You shall no longer, what? Go out to battle with us, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. You are the great light of Israel. And if you come out with us and something happens to you, you're going to die. And we would be so sad. And so David stayed home. And when we find David on the balcony, the first part of that story in the 11th chapter, I believe it is, of the book of 2 Samuel, says, and when the, in the springtime, when the kings went out to war, David stayed home. David's fall didn't happen when he started looking at Bathsheba. David's fall happened in the midst of a battle we're talking about today. Father in heaven, we ask that you would speak to us right now, that your spirit would fill this place, and that you would indeed open our eyes to see that the dawn is here, and we can embrace it if we but open them and walk with you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a um, story about a, a man who goes into a church to see the pastor. And in order to get to the pastor, he has to go to the secretary. So he starts walking into the church, and he's about to walk right past the secretary, but she's a great secretary. She's like, excuse me, sir, you can't just walk in. You let, if you let me know why you're here, I'll let the pastor know. He's a very busy man, and you know, I have to set his appointments. And he's all, listen here, you old bat. I'm here to see the pastor, I'm going to see him. And she's all, excuse me? How dare you talk to me like that? He's all, shut your mouth, you old bat. I'm going to see the pastor. Now, the pastor's on the other side of the door, and he hears this commotion going on. He's all, absolutely not. They will not talk to my people like that. Who does this man think he is? And he goes, he bursts open the door. He says, sir, who do you think you are? And this man looks at him and says, don't you know me? I'm Bob Canabal. I just won $200 million in the lottery. And he says, sir, I will be right with you as soon as I get rid of this old bat. When did you decide to stop your fight? When did a circumstance come in and change your, your demeanor from wanting to fight for something to wanting to be with something, to giving up? See, David's came at this point. If you've been there, if you've been at the place where you're just like, you know what, the fight is too much, I'm just done, I'm not going to leave the church, I'm not going to stop being a Christian, but I'm just tired, I'm done. I just, I just need to be just done for a while. If you've been there, this message is for you. There are three things in this little story about David in the battle with Ishbinab that I want you to learn. The first is this. Don't confuse exhaustion with defeat. Don't confuse exhaustion with defeat. The second is, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? And finally, finally, you got to stay in the battle. You got to stay in the battle. First. The verse starts again with that word again, right? Once again, David went out to battle the Philistines. 
overwhelmed by his exhaustion, he started losing. And it wasn't until one of his men came to his aid, had to come to David's aid. Think about that. The guy had to come to David, giant slayer. David uh, has slain his ten thousands. David, the greatest warrior king in the history of Bible times. David. Someone had to come to his aid to save him because he got tired in the battle. Have you been there? Like David, once again, having to battle the same old enemy over and over and over again. You see, frustration happens when we think that a victory means that they're done, right? You know, finally, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm getting baptized. Woo! Now no more problems. <laughs> I remember thinking that when I first got baptized, right there in that little pool. Walked into my dad's office, fell on my knees, and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I will never fall again. Never going to have a problem. Lasted for about a day. Did I get the victory? Did I get the victory? Absolutely. You accept Jesus Christ, the victory is yours. But did the battle still rage? And the thing is, when that battle is still raging, and it comes and the same thing, once again, you're having to go against your Philistines. Once again, you have to fight that thing that's always coming at you. It can be exhausting, can it? It's like, Lord, I I thought I overcame my temper, okay? But here I am, giving the one-figured chocolate to someone in traffic. Not that I've done that, Kaipo. I'll make that clear. That's an example. Last time Kaifu got up, he started saying, our pastor's flicking off everybody. I'm like, no, it's an example. Hi. Anyway, anyway, once again, once again, I'm in the same argument with my spouse, going over the same thing over and over and over and over again, fighting over the same, it's never going to stop. And you just get still fighting with my finances. I'm still fighting with my kids. I'm still fighting with myself. It's exhausting. Have you been there? Exhaustion is part of growth. Let me say it again, because sis, I got no amens on that one. Not even from you. We're gonna talk after. Exhaustion is part of growth. Okay, you ever start going jogging? You know, try that? You know, I don't because of exhaustion. (laughs) God of mine, all right, I'm gonna try it. Maybe I'll just think about it next time. I'll do some stretches instead. It's the exhaustion you have to push through. That helps you to grow, helps you to strengthen. Exhaustion is part of growth. But so many times we conflate, confuse exhaustion with defeat. I'm tired, so I must be done. I must have lost. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it, oh, I'm done. I have some friends who were um, tried out for Navy SEALs. I have several 
who went and tried for the Navy SEALs, and I talked to them about the process. And they say, you know, it wasn't the physicality necessarily of what we had to do, okay? It wasn't even the, um, the, the instructors yelling at us all the time, you know? Get your mind, your dog. It was the exhaustion. They kept us up for days on end. Didn't get any sleep. We didn't really got to eat. We had like five minutes of stuffed food in our mouth. We had to go back to the next exercise. And it was the same types of things over and over. Carry a log. Do push-ups in the sand. And we get done with that. We go, okay, I finished it. And now go back. Do the same thing. And they're yelling at us. And they had this, this bell that they put up on a pedestal. And they said, when you want to quit, all you got to do is come up and ring this bell. And you can quit. You'll still be in the military. You're still in the Navy. You're still, but you ain't going to be a SEAL. And it's okay. Not everybody can be a SEAL. And they say those thoughts just come in your mind when you're so exhausted. So exhausted. And they say they won't let the first day end until somebody rings the bell. And they say the thing that gets us the most, again, is the exhaustion. I'm so tired. All I have to do, if I ring that bell, I've got sleep. I just close my eyes and let it all go away. I can go eat after I sleep. Just let me ring the bell. So tired. How many of you have been tempted this week to ring the bell? Not to quit church, okay? Not to quit Christianity, but just to give up the fight just for a little bit because you're so tired. I can't put on the smiley face anymore. I can't be friendly to the, the people I meet in the streets. I can't. It's so hard. Just, I, just, I just want out of this fight. So the devil is like that drill instructor yelling in your ear, telling you, you're so tired. Just give up. Just ring the bell. You don't even have to leave church. Just get out of the fight. You'll be fine. And the Christian church is filled. Ah, heck. This church, this podium is filled with those who have rung the bell in their lives. Rung the bell on their marriage. You know, and said, just, it's, I, I, I'm in the marriage, but like, I'm too tired to fight on. Rung the bell with their worship, you know, you've been there. Like, yeah, no, Lord, I get it, okay? Prayer a day keeps the devil away, but I'm just tired. I was up all night dealing with this, and then I gotta get to work, I'm already late, I'm too tired. I'm just gonna ring the bell for today. Ring the bell on their relationships. You know, this person, I've had enough of them. I've had enough of them. Okay, I'll be cordial, but I'm just done. I'm just done. Now, now, a little aside. It doesn't mean you have to let toxic people continue to tear you down. Okay, you don't have to place yourself in a situation where toxic people are constantly picking at you. But what do you do when you take yourself out of that situation? Do you cut them off? Do you ignore them? Do you pretend like they don't exist and my life is so much better? No. When you remove yourself from toxic situations, what do we do? We pray for them. 
We lift them up. Lord, please be with them. And give me the strength the next time I'm around them and they get toxic again to show them you. Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 talks about being exhausted. But it says there's more to it. We are afflicted in every way. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. You felt the affliction this week, haven't you? But not crushed. Perplexed. Okay, perplexed means confused. Why is this happening to me, Lord? Why are you allowing me to go through this again? Why? But not driven to despair. We are next. persecuted. Husbands and wives should say amen. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We don't go through this thing alone. Struck down. But guess what? Down is not out. Exhausted is not defeated. But not destroyed. Why? Because we have God on our side. And exhaustion is just being tired. But you don't mean that you're defeated. If you got to sleep, sleep in the arms of Jesus. He'll carry you. He'll move you. But don't sleep and miss the dawn. Because for so many of you, the dawn is about to break. And you're about to ring the bell and miss it. Second point. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? Ishbanab was making threats against David, just like Goliath. Remember when Goliath was standing out there saying, I will crush your bones? You know, it's all fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the, oh wait, that's the other giant. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he was out there in the field with all the, to the, the Israelites, and he's like cursing them every day, mocking them and teasing them. And then David comes along, right? And he's like, uh-uh, not in my house, not about my God. And now Ishbosheth or Ishbanab is doing the same thing. But this time, it's getting to David. This time, he's getting a little frustrated. This time, it's too much. Ishbanab's telling me, you're too old to fight, man. Look at you. You're all broken down. And then even after Ishmael's taken care of, his men tell him the same thing. Oh, David, listen. You know, they said nicely, right? You know, they're, 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 they could teach a seminar on politeness, right? Oh, king, swear to us, you will never come out again with us because we cannot lose the light of Israel. What they were telling him is, you're too old to be in the fight. <laughs> all right? You're too old. Get out of here. And David... David listens. Maybe you don't think it's crazy as I am. We're talking about David here. David who as a boy killed a bear, a lion, and a giant warrior. And didn't even flinch about it. David, who when Saul said, do you want uh, to marry my daughter? Well, I'm going to need a dowry of, oh, let's say 200 um, pieces from the Philistines, okay? Yeah, go and get 200 of their pieces. Read it in the Bible for yourself. 
And David goes out there, just 200? Ain't no thing. And he comes back before Saul and throws a bag filled with 200 pieces of Philistines to him. Says, here, there's a dowry. What else he got? David, who was chased, David, who was uh, always attacked and attacked, always stood up and said, God's got my back. I ain't worried about it. David now, by this, this giant person with his spear and his sword, gets frustrated. He listens to his voice. He sees the spear and he sees the sword. Here's the thing about the sword. It was a heavy sword, or it was a new sword, okay? Brand new, new technology, okay? Maybe intimidated David. The spear was a heavy spear, but was half the weight of Goliath's spear. He was a lesser giant, not as powerful as, and here David is, a bigger man, a more seasoned warrior, and he is buckling before this lesser giant. Why? Let me submit to you this. It's because David, throughout the years, stopped fighting in God's strength and started fighting in his own strength. Started listening to his experience and his Skills and his muscles. And stop trusting in the one who slayed the giant for him. Has God slayed giants in your life in your past? Amen? 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 Yes? Good. That's right. Has God done miraculous things for you to sustain you and to keep you afloat? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Why then don't you think that God can do it now? What makes this situation so much harder? Could it be like David, you've started fighting in your own strength? Listening to things that cannot fill you, cannot sustain you. Listening to others. Tell you your ready to take a break, aren't you? It's okay. You, you can stop fighting now. You know, take, let the younger generation pick it up. Just because you're doing more in your life, see, as we grow as Christians, God places more on our plate, okay? It gives us more responsibilities, more uh, blessings, more things to handle, okay? But just because you're doing more in your life doesn't mean you need him less. It was by the power of God David slew Goliath because he listened. It was by the power of God that you have defeated your past giants because you listened. It was by the power of God that David became king because he listened to God. It's by the power of God that you became a child of God a member of the royal priesthood. So why was David listening to his own power? When we fight in our own power, we listen to our own circumstances. We get tempted to give up the fight. But when we listen to the voice of God, we remember this simple rule. The battle is the Lord's. Stop listening to the things that are asking you to fail. And remember the voice of God that has already, already spoken victory 
in your life. Our text. Galatians 3.5. What does it say? It says this. So again I ask, does the Lord give you his spirit to work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Is, is the power of God in you because of your strength? Or is it because you believe that God told you you could do it and so you did it? That's what gets us through. By listening to the right voice in our life. Sometimes you got to cut out your wife, your husband, your kids, your self, your parents, everybody else, and just focus on hearing the voice of God. Because when you do, when you do, you have to rely on him, and in his power, he gets you through all of the obstacles he brings in your way. Finally, finally, stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. As we said, the Bathsheba incident started not at the balcony, but on the battlefield before when David decided to stay home. Had David been out with the men fighting like he was supposed to be? Had he been in the battle? He never would have been there to look out and see Bathsheba. He never would have been feeling obligated, not obligated, entitled to something. You know, he stayed home because he was told he was the king, right? That was the excuse they let him say, David, you're too important to be in this battle. Okay, I've got news for you all. None of us too important to be in the battle. But once David started accepting that he was too important to be in the battle, well, then he started accepting that he was owed certain things, right? And well, why shouldn't I look at one of my subjects as they bathe? Don't you know I'm the king? Well, why shouldn't I invite her over to my place? Well, why shouldn't I take what is not mine to take? Well, why shouldn't I cover it up? smart enough. Oh, why shouldn't I kill this man? After all, I am the king. And all of this started because David left the battle. Has anybody in here left the battle? Have you noticed that the closer you get to God, the harder it seems? When you look back and you say, man, it was so much easier before I accepted God. Or it was so much easier before I took on this ministry. It was so much easier before I started these extra hours of prayer in my life. And the devil's right there, like I said, speaking words to you saying, hey, you know what? It was a lot easier, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I'm going to keep coming as long as you keep in the battle. But I'll make a deal with you. You get out of the battle... You just take a nice little cushy spot right there in the pew. Don't pray too much. Don't do too much. And I'll let things go back the way they were before. Just nice and simple. No target on your back. No nothing. What do you say? Good deal? I like to say I've never taken that deal, but there are times in my life where I have. Where I've been, you know what? It's just too much. 
It's too much. But I found as I've gotten older, when I say, you know what? You can keep your deal. I'm not going to take what's behind door number one or door number two. I'm not going to take the special booby prize under the box. No, I'm going to keep what I came with, and that is God in my life. And yes, I know you're attacking me. And yes, I know it's getting harder. But I also know this. God has given me the power to walk in this thing. So I'm going to keep walking for as long as I can. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what God does. I remember it's crazy. As the devil always goes that one step too far. And if you know to look for him, you can catch him, right? I was driving over uh, late to class, rushing over the hill, uh, over the poly, and my engine starts sputtering. Okay, it's like, bra, 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 bra. Like, oh no. So I pull over, I pop up the hood, you know, get in, and then, you know, I'm, I'm late. So I'm like, rushing, slam the door, pop the hood, you know, looking, and like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I have no cars. But, you know, it, it's, it's the, 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 the rule of a man that you have to look under the car at least once and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, um, clearly the flux capacitor is kind of off. And so I opened up the hood, I was like, it's a brum, 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 brum. I'm like, I don't know. So I slammed the hood. I go to get back in the car. The door's locked. Like, Come on! I look over at the car, it's like, brum, brum. It's still running, okay? But the door's locked, it's slammed, it's closed. I go over, I'm looking, like, how can I get back in this car, trying to get in the way? And guess what? It's just the rain. And just as I was about to throw a rock through my own head, I said, wait a minute, you, you sneaky guy, you almost got me, it's the devil. Take a deep breath, said the prayer right there, and God said, well, do what you can. So I went and I walked a couple blocks, found the police station, it's right there off the poly, called my dad, my dad came, picked me up, drove me home, fixed the car. But in that moment, in that moment, I was about to throw a rock to my head. I was literally about to throw a rock to the window. Say, it's, it's too much. Just lose it. Tell the car who his mother was and what he could do with her. It, I was furious. But I knew what to look for. I don't always. But when you know what to look for, when you know what the devil's trying to do, try to take you out of the battle. You can say, ah, uh -uh, not today, Satan. Not today. How many of you have the devil tried to get to you this week to try and pull you out of the battle? Try and get you to just, just, just give up this little bit. The good news is you don't have to. You can stay in the battle. The reason the devil is attacking you the closer you get to God is because you are on God's side. Because you are a child of the king. You are a danger to the enemy. Okay? When he's not attacking you, it's because you're not a threat. But he's attacking you because you are a threat to the enemy. You're dangerous to him. So he's coming after you. And the more he comes after you, the more he fears you. So my question is, are you going to treat the devil like a cockroach? You know, when he runs at you and starts to fly, you go, these things got wings, and you run away? <laughs> Even though you're bigger, the power in you is bigger than the power in it? Or 
Or are you going to treat the devil like it's a cockroach and you're a boot? So you can come at me. You can fly directly at my face. But I've got the power of God in these size 10 feet. Yes, they're not that big, but still. And I'm not running. I'm staying in this thing. I'm staying in this thing. Tap someone next to you and say, stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but, but the victory, the what? The victory belongs to the Lord. It is the Lord's battle. It's the Lord's victory. All you got to do is stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight for your marriage. Don't stop connecting with your spouse, fighting for the intimacy and connection that God has promised you. Stay in your marriage. Stay with your kids. Don't surrender their future for present peace with them. Will it get rough? Yes. Will they do all sorts of things to hurt you? Yes. But stay on your knees praying for them. That's the battle. That's the battle. And maybe once in a while, take away their phone. I'm just saying. (laughs) Stay in the battle with your job. So many have waved the white flag at their jobs to find meaning and purpose. And it's just something they go to every day just to get through the day to put food on the table. God has placed you in your place of employment for one reason, and that's to glorify him. It is not just a job that you have. It's a godly, holy, spiritual ministry. Ministry. If God could use Rahab in her job to glorify him and to bring freedom to his people, don't you think God can use you in your job? Stop leaving the battle at work. Keep fighting for meaning and purpose amongst the people God has placed you with. If you found yourself just going through the motions, if you found yourself out of the battle, still in the war, but just left the battle, sitting quietly on the seat, I offer you today, in this moment, the opportunity to re-engage, to get back in the battle. It's time to let your spouse, your kids, and yourself know that you are worth fighting for. They are worth fighting for. Will it be hard? Absolutely. It's a battle. I call it a battle for a reason. Will there be casualties and cuts and bruises and sacrifices that have to be made? Will there be dark days and frustrations? Yes. Yes. But two things. Don't forget this. We've learned. One, we don't fight alone. Look to your left and look to your right. This place is filled with people who are fighting right alongside you. They're fighting their battles. You're fighting your battles. And we are fighting together. We will uplift you. When David was too overwhelmed, someone came in and stepped in and said, I got you. You don't fight alone. And two, two, the victory is already assured. The victory is already assured. 
All you got to do is stay in the battle. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support this ministry with your time, treasure, or talent, please visit our website at kaneohesda.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.